Then she saw uncanny, grisly things. Men and women at campfires, dancing, singing, in robes, and naked, holding wooden staffs and speaking strange tongues. Sacrifices of living things, burning of herbs, the presentation of mineral-forged charms, blood and bone, organs discarded and burned, chosen victims screaming. The images seemed to progress through some timeline. A family was followed from that green, beautiful land to ships. The new world brought a landscape familiar to Elizabeth. After centuries of anglicizing their normal Celtic surnames, they assumed a new English family name, Bailey. The magic of the family not only stayed strong on this new continent, but grew in its might. In the daytime, they worked on farms and plantations, oversaw slaves and planted crops. At nighttime, rituals became more nightmarish, sacrifices more dreadful. Their victims ranged from the slaves they could gather, particularly runaways, to beautiful southern bells who made the foolish mistake of giving up body parts for marriage. From field hands to sharecroppers, the renamed Baileys moved on to own little businesses, became wanderers and vagabonds, journeyed in and out of the Carolinas, only to come back again. And then came the house. The 1950s. Little Lucas played in the backyard of his father's house. There was a shed close to the yard's borders on the edge of a forest. Autumn leaves of various colors blew from the surrounding trees, crisp in their fall. The chill of Halloween rushed past the youth, blowing against his short, golden hair. As he held a stick and pretended to be a pirate on the high seas, Lucas fought with imaginary enemies, admirals, and soldiers of the English crown. He didn't know what the English crown was, but he heard the word used to describe the pirates' enemies on television. All Lucas knew was that the enemies of the pirates were usually the good guys, and the pirates were the bad guys. Lucas wanted to be a bad guy, just like his father. Lucas! His father Gregory shouted as he stuck his head out of the shed. Come here, boy. You still got a lot of learning to do. Lucas dropped his stick. The daydreams of swashbucklers and sinking rival ships cleared from Lucas's mind as he walked towards the shed. The grass was soft and wet under his shoes. Lucas's father watched his son approach. The father's face was so gaunt, his blue eyes containing a vulturous gaze, yet holding a strange nobleness akin to an eagle at the same time. His golden brown hair was straggly and mopped with sweat despite the cool weather. There you are, boy father said as his son finally reached the shed's threshold. This will be an important lesson. Lucas felt the heat and humidity of the shed hit him as soon as he entered. It never mattered the season. It was always hot and cramped in that place, which contrasted the usually cold, frigid feeling of their house. Lucas wondered if it were the ancestors who kept those extremes constant, despite what the Carolinas chose to do around them. On the floorboard of the shed, a dark-haired man squirmed on his side like a worm. He was directly under the ceiling's light bulb, which cast the enclosed place in an orange glow appropriate for the season. A trash bag covered the captive up to his neck. His face was badly bruised, and the back of his head leaked with crimson on the floor. His mouth dripped with blood as well, many of his teeth inches away from his face, resting in their own red pools. 
At the ripped bottom of the trash bag, poured more puddles of blood from the victim's feet, smashed and flattened to pulp. A hammer rested in the blood of those damaged feet, right beside three detached toes. The captive's screams were inaudible behind the massive rows of tape clamped around the bottom half of his face. He sat in the center of a strange circle, drawn with chalk and accompanied with crude drawings of anthropomorphic creatures with animal heads. The circle was also decorated with candles, their wax melting and mixing with the chalk. On the wall behind him, a circled pentagram was drawn with blood. Seeing the captive did not shock the boy. He had seen his father bring many sacrifices to the house, 